who gets to decide what real art is and who the real artists are and if a piece of artwork is good or not? Do you have to exhibit artwork for others to see? Do you have to perform on a stage or on video? Today I'm sharing my two cents on this topic. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining our identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities one drawing or painting at a time because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. Okay, so who decides if you are an artist or not? I'll cut right to the chase. You do. And do you have to exhibit or perform your chosen art form in order for it to be considered real art? My answer is no, but maybe yes. And we'll get back to that in a few minutes. But first, let me explain why I think that you're the only one who gets to decide if you're an artist and if your art is quote, real art. I'm gonna share a bit of my story and my journey with this. I grew up viewing art through the lens of fine art and art education. My mother was an art teacher and she taught me and her other students specific art techniques like any art teacher would, right? She taught about the elements of design and walked her students through projects to learn to implement these elements into their work. She taught how to shade and make drawings and paintings look realistic or 3D. She taught about the color wheel, how to mix paint colors and what colors worked well together. My mother was an art teacher um, for me in my elementary school. And then I went on to middle school where I continued to learn these same types of things at a higher level. Then in high school, I applied to enter a competitive magnet school program focused on visual art. It was serious business. I had to apply and be interviewed and everything. It was crazy. And I remember in my interview, the head of the department asked me, a 15-year-old, if I planned to enter a career in the visual arts once I was an adult. That's a pretty big decision for a 15-year-old to make. And I had heard rumor that if a student answered no to this question, they wouldn't get accepted to the program. So I answered honestly and said that I definitely wanted to have a career where I used art in some way, but that I didn't know enough about what was out there, like what my options were to say specifically what I'd like to do. Then the teacher answered with something to the effect of, fair enough. As a part of that application process, I also had to submit a portfolio of artwork, some of which I created at home with my mother's instruction because I really hadn't done that much art in middle school to have like a whole portfolio to show. And I had to go then sit in a room in a classroom at the school full of other nervous young teenagers and draw a still life as if we were in art class, only this wasn't just class, it was like a test. The teacher walked around and observed your work and apparently judged the end result. I remember feeling so incredibly anxious and self-conscious about this experience. I was a very shy kid. 
And I was so anxious that I sat with my left arm. I'll never forget just this feeling in my body. My left arm was rigidly propped up under my chin as I drew with the pencil in my right hand. My body was so cramped up and my view of my large paper and the still life was so skewed <laughs> that when I finished or really when the time was up, I sat back and saw that my drawing was all scrunched onto like a about one third or so of the big paper. And I thought that was horrible, but you know, the skill of my drawing was pretty good. Even if you've never applied to a special art program like this, can you relate to this experience of anxiety around a certain art form? Did you take a class in school where you felt judged on your ability to create and decided that some people are just born with creative talent and some are not? That's a common belief. Have you ever said something like, I couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler, or I couldn't sing on key to save my life? This type of mindset can be the product of art education, and also, maybe more importantly than that, how we have chosen to internalize others' comments or others' abilities in comparison to our own. You see, I believe that while some of us have some inherent talent, um, in certain art forms or certain other skills in life, so much of those things are learned. I would be the same type of artist, the same level of artist that I was at age 12 if I hadn't continued to have further art instruction. So we get in this, this trap, this limited way of thinking if we're just comparing ourselves to others and um, staying in that Ugh, that horrible anxious mindset that people are, are judging us like, like we're in an art class. Now I did end up getting accepted into that program and I continued to be challenged to meet a very high standard when it came to my art. Everything of course was graded. And while I was encouraged to express myself and my own concepts a bit more as I approached the end of my senior year in high school, I was still largely a slave to what my teachers liked and deemed as quote, good work. I was learning from them, practicing skills, and proving that I could effectively implement them. Then in college, I started out as an art education major, and I felt sure this was what I wanted to do. It just made sense on paper, right? Because I wanted a career in art, and I wasn't sure what direction to take, but my mother was an art teacher, so I understood that job. It made sense. Then my sophomore year of college, my second year, I had a bit of an identity crisis. So I had been enjoying my studio art classes like Intro to Design and Life Drawing 101, but then I actually took my first art education class. I did really well in the class, but I hated almost every moment of it. Now, no, no shade to the art teachers out there. Again, my mom was a wonderful art teacher. I have respect for art education, so I'm not trying to bash that but it really just wasn't for me. It didn't feel right. I remember having a meeting with my supervising professor from the art education program, and she practically begged me to stay in the program because she thought I'd make a good art teacher, but I just knew I couldn't do it. So then I took one semester without taking any art classes at all. This was part of that identity crisis. I caught up on some of my general requirements like World Civ and other subjects now long forgotten, and I gave a lot of thought and prayer to whether I could continue or should continue to be an art major if I didn't have a specific career planned out. So I wasn't sure if I would, should pursue art on any level anymore. Also, I'd started to feel a little burned out on art. 
In retrospect, I see that what I was burned out on was the world of fine art and art education. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I credit these worlds um, for for my skill in art that I have and for so much of this wonderful foundation I have in the arts. But it's easy to get burned out on it. I was sick of creating art for other people. And I didn't want to become a teacher who would just be encouraging that same thing. I knew I wanted to do something different, but I wasn't sure what. It didn't feel fun anymore. So after that semester long break from art, I did decide to return to art classes and pursue simply a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with an emphasis in painting. So if you're not aware, a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree is literally just training you to be a professional artist. You learn how to write an artist resume, put together um, an art exhibit and promote it. And that's what you're trained to do. Not the business side of it by any means, which I figured out later. I didn't know anything about that. But um, it trains you on, on a lot of those aspects. Um, I chose to focus on painting because drawing was my other interest, but drawing came more easily to me and painting was challenging and I wanted to push myself and learn to be a better painter. I gradually started to make my art about me again. It was also around this time that I made a decision that really felt radical to me. Now, looking back, what I'm about to say, um, you know, this is funny and a little sad that this felt so radical and out of the box for me. So what I did was I decided to start keeping a private sketchbook that no one else could see. That was it. That was my radical decision. This was a place to write and draw. And I made myself step into creating art in that sketchbook that didn't look good necessarily. The purpose wasn't to make something that looked good. The purpose was to express myself. At the time, I knew nothing about art therapy and the fact that it is a very process-oriented practice, and I really had no idea that I'd return to school several years later to become an art therapist, but this is something that just felt needed for me. I needed to focus on the process and reclaim art making as something for me. This felt so incredibly out of the box because, as I've explained in quite a bit of detail here, I'd spent my entire life in art classes performing for a grade. So I would just literally make sort of scribble lines, like gashes in the page, doodles, whatever felt good. But I know that the very reason why I went on to have a successful college career as an artist and then moved on to finding my calling in the world of art therapy is precisely because I chose to put all the grades and pressures and expectations aside and just create what I needed to create. And I'd argue that behind all our most successful professional artists, people who have chosen this as a career, there is the same kind of drive, you know? They create because of an inner drive to express what they want to express and communicate what they want to communicate. Obviously, there are many different approaches and styles of art, and most are probably not as process-oriented as mine, but that concept of staying true to oneself is so key across the board. So even for those who are trained as professional artists, there's this need to eventually sort of unlearn this idea that the approval of others is the most important part of our art. This applies to anything we create, visual art, writing, dance, poetry, acting, music. Yes, oftentimes we want our art to effectively communicate something to someone else, of course, but why can't we be the ones to decide how to do this? And why can't we also choose to make art at times that is just for us, no audience required? You know, we can do both. 
I say we can, right? We can do both. It's your art. Do what you want. <laughs> I say that if you make marks on a page, if you sing in the shower, journal, or write a haiku, or create TikTok videos with your daughter, which I have done before, or you really enjoy decorating your home or collecting beautiful objects, cooking a meal, putting together a creative outfit, or coloring in coloring books or doing paint by number, you are an artist if you want to be, if you want to claim that title, if you're engaging in these things and you want to call yourself an artist, do it. There will always be others who think your art is quote good and those who think it's bad and it doesn't matter. Do you like it? Or was creating this piece of art an effective way for you to express what you needed or wanted to express, even if you don't necessarily think the finished product is beautiful? If the answer is yes, then it was good. It was real art because you are a real artist if you make something and you decide that you're an artist. Now I have to point this out. Sometimes I talk to people about art and they say things like, I used to be an artist. These people feel that once upon a time they were engaged in creative pursuits, but now that they haven't baked a cake, for example, or painted a picture or sung a song or danced in a few years, they don't qualify to be an artist anymore. That's what they think. But I say, once an artist, always an artist. Again, if you want to be, you can choose to return to your art anytime you want. It's not like a club you get kicked out of after a lack of participation for a certain time. Again, you get to decide how this goes and what labels you give yourself. And it's amazing to me how people can just convince themselves that they don't like meet the qualifications anymore because they haven't been making art every day or every month or even every year. But again, it doesn't matter. Now back to that statement earlier um, that I made about needing to share your art with others in order for it to really be considered art. I wanna touch on that a little bit more. My short answer is no, you can create art just for you, but I wanna make sure and point out that again, this is your choice. So for me, it may feel necessary to exhibit a painting or um, you know, show people my art. For you, you might feel the same way. Like I feel this way sometimes and not at other times, right? But if you feel like with maybe a certain painting or a certain song that you wrote or a certain song that you've learned to sing or play on an instrument, if you feel like performing that or exhibiting that or showing it to others online would complete the artistic experience for you, then it's necessary. So for you, the answer is yes, it needs to be shown to others. Or like I said, it might be yes sometimes and not at others like it is for me. Art is indeed a powerful form of communication, but as I emphasized before, I think it's necessary to create art that's true to yourself first, or maybe also, right? You have some art you're doing for yourself and some to communicate to others. If we're constantly creating only for the approval of others, then our art will fall flat and be unsatisfying that's when we reach that burnout point. And of course, there's so much overlap here, right? Just because you're exhibiting a piece of art doesn't mean it's true to you. But I hope you see what I'm saying. If it's only created for the approval of others, or you feel like um, it's only real art if you exhibit it, I think that's faulty thinking. But it's okay if, obviously, if you have that desire to communicate to others through your art, as long as it feels true to you as well. 
Finally, I'd like to read a quote, um, a quote that I share in my book, The Uncommon Guide to Healing from Narcissistic Abuse, How I Used Art to Break the Pattern and Redefine My Identity. This is a quote from art therapist and author Pat Allen, whose process called the studio process is what I've based my program, the redefined process off of. And here's what she says. Remember that the image, meaning the image you create in your art, the image is the messenger of the soul and never comes to harm you. The misconception of the art school critique is that the image needs to be improved through criticism. The misperception of art therapy sometimes can be that the image must be analyzed. Both approaches try to overpower the image with intellect. The image needs to be known, seen fully with loving attention and encouraged to speak treated as you would treat an ambassador from a different world. Then it will develop and reveal itself according to its own logic. And that's from Pat Allen's book, Art is a Way of Knowing. And again, I quote that in my book, The Uncommon Guide to Healing from Narcissistic Abuse. This is about you and your image. Pat Allen agrees, or whatever it is you're creating, right? It's about your creation. It's about your experience of the process and the finished product. Like I always remind you, you are in charge of your life now overcomer, not the narcissist. Their reign is over and it's time for you to step into your full queenhood or kinghood. I know I have a few kings listening. This is up to you. Go create whatever the heck you want to. No narcissists allowed. Now, before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. The Redefined Process is an online group coaching program where I teach you the same art and writing technique that has been so life-changing in my own recovery. It's how we connect our thinking brain and our feeling brain and access the thoughts, feelings, and limiting beliefs that need to be heard. The Redefined process is included in my monthly Redefined membership along with much more. You're also going to get access to live coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you, the option to schedule one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with me if you need more support, and several additional courses too. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the podcast description to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. I see so much beauty in your soul, so much emotion, power, strength, and resilience. It's quite a story we have, you and I. We've been through so much, both good and bad, and have so much more life left to live. How can we live this life today, you and I? I'm just one block around the corner, just a few steps ahead, and I call you to keep moving toward me every second of every day. How can we live out loud today without apology, without concern for others' opinions or judgments or praises? Can you lead me in a song now? Can you cry out in the shower or as you drive home from work and declare your poetry to the private world of your heart? No audience needed unless you choose. No accolades or pressure to conform or expectations to do it the right way. 
No inner voices from our past need to dictate this expression and no boundaries limit you here. Will you paint a massive stripe of color on the world today in your favorite color, even if others don't approve? How will you make this life yours today? How will you choose to live? I invite you to explore, to explode if needed. What will we create today, you and I? Thanks for listening in today. In this journey of healing after narcissistic abuse, it's so important that we allow space for our past, present, and future selves to speak. Today, you've gotten a glimpse into some messages I received from different parts of my subconscious brain that just needed to be heard, along with an encouraging message from an imagined future version of you. I hope there was something that resonated with you here and that you'll take it along with you on your own healing journey. Remember, you are an overcomer. Mm-hmm.